0: Hey everybody, welcome to a pop-up of True Crime Paranormal. I'm your host Christy Brower and I'm excited to be here with you. This is a live stream so if you are joining me live either on YouTube or Facebook, please feel free to jump in and join the conversation. If you are listening after the fact, welcome. I'm happy to have you here as well. So tonight's topic, Charles Vallow's autopsy report. Hey, JR, welcome, welcome. You know, the report doesn't really give us a lot more than we already knew, but I I have questions, guys. So, I am going to start with just a quick reminder of who Charles Vallow is and how he died. So, Charles Vallow was married to Lori Vallow Daybell, and who is, you know, of course, now married to Chad Daybell. So, on July 11th, 2019, Charles Vallow was shot and killed by his brother in law. Alex Cox, Lori Cox, Daybell, Vallow Daybell, I'm not going to get all the names right, uh, husband, so her, uh, Lori's brother shot and killed him. He reported um, to the police that Charles had come after him with a baseball bat and he was only defending himself and that Charles was acting aggressive toward his sister and his niece and, you know, there was this big, long story, right? And the police just bought it hook, line, and sinker. Like they just, it didn't appear that they questioned this at all, in spite of the fact. And if you've been following this case for any amount of time, you've seen the body cam footage, how blase Lori was. She was not upset. She was not crying. She was laughing and joking and kind of flirting with the police. Like there was just no emotion to indicate. That her husband, although they were estranged at the time, he was still her husband, and her brother murdered him. I mean, don't you think most people would shed a tear or two? I guess most people with normal emotions? I don't know. So, we know that prior to all of this happening, that Charles had reported to the police and to his divorce attorney that Laurie said she was going to kill him. She told him that he was no longer Charles, that he had been possessed by someone named, oh no, I just forgot the name. I had it, Ned Schneider. Ned Schneider, whatever the hell that means, right? And we know that Charles tried really hard to make this work with Laurie. And up until right before he was shot and killed, he did not know that Lori was having an affair with Chad Daybell. So, the way that he found out is that Lori used his email to send Chad an email, offering him a job to come to Arizona and stay to work on writing his biography. So Lori did that to give Chad an excuse for his own wife, Tammy, also deceased at this point, um, so that he could come and visit without it seeming like he was doing something inappropriate. When Charles found that email, he contacted Lori's brother And talked about the very crazy religious beliefs she seemed to be exhibiting and uh, about this, you know, affair he was suspecting. And they were planning an intervention with Lori. They were going to intervene. They were going to talk to her about how this crazy stuff was happening and, you know, to try to make something happen here to improve the situation. We know that now. We didn't know that in the past, but that's something that has come out fairly recently. And Lori getting the getting the scoop from her mother and her sister who were not on board with the intervention apparently or just didn't really understand how severe all of this was. They were feeding her information about her brother and Charles's plans. And, you know, conveniently, the day that Charles uh, supposedly came to the house acting aggressively and the day that Alex shot and killed Charles is the same day that intervention was supposed to occur. The real reason that Charles came to the house was to pick up J.J. to take him to school, their son, who is now also deceased. Uh, Present was Charles' stepdaughter, Lori's daughter, Tylee. Tylee is also deceased. And Alex Cox, the man who pulled the trigger, who killed Charles Vallow. Guess what? Also deceased. So you probably know, if you've been following this case at all, that Chad Daybell is charged with first-degree murder. For his wife, Tammy, and for Lori's children, JJ and Tylee, and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder on Tammy, Tylee, and JJ. Lori is currently charged in Idaho with first-degree murder of her two children, Tylee and JJ, and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder on Tylee, JJ, and Tammy Daybell. There is intent, or at least a public intent, has been stated to charge Lori with conspiracy to commit murder now on Charles Vallow, which is pretty much too little, too late. The police, you know, you know, they know that uh, Alex pulled the trigger, but they do believe now that this was a setup to kill Charles. Unfortunately, they didn't figure it out in time because if they had. They might have prevented the deaths of J.J. and Tylee and Tammy and maybe even Alex. So the autopsy report is interesting. Hi, Robin. Hi, Sherry. Welcome. The autopsy report is interesting. I mean, these are things we already know. These are things that I don't understand why this didn't set off more alarm bells with the police. Charles was shot first in the stomach. And then after he was down on the ground, he was shot in the chest. So you don't shoot someone out of self-defense when they're laying on the ground with a gunshot wound in their gut, right? We know that. They're pretty sure now that Alex waited about 30 minutes before he called 911. He made sure Charles was dead before he called 911. He pretended to do CPR on Charles. He didn't actually do it. And when the paramedics did arrive on scene, they pronounced Charles dead at the scene and did not transport his body to the hospital. So all of that, plus Laurie's Laurie's completely nonchalant response to this whole thing and Charles reporting to the police that he was afraid that she would kill him a few months prior to this happening didn't set off the alarm bells in the Chandler police it seems strange doesn't it and i know hindsight is 2020 now we know that this was just the beginning of a killing spree however it is strange the manner, the cause of death has always been homicide by the medical examiner, the person that did the autopsy, the manner of death was gunshot wounds, and the cause, yeah, and the uh, cause of death is considered homicide. So even back when this very first happened in 2019, it was deemed homicide. But somehow in all of that, the police got that it was self-defense. So I do. I have a lot of questions. And I think that one of the things we can do when analyzing something like this is hopefully to learn from it. And hopefully the Chandler Police Department learns from it. Hopefully we can all learn from it. But honestly, when someone says, if I wind up dead, it's because my wife killed me. And then they end up dead at the hand of her brother. Is that not enough to determine that to be a murder in that moment? I don't know. There's been a lot of um, investigation done around phone records, um, texts, emails, those kinds of things where they've actually been able now to prove intent. And a plan. And that's why they've been able to uh, charge Lori. But it's something to witness this case. And to recognize that. Had they stopped Lori then. How things might be different now. So. I just wanted to share that with all of you. It is. I'm sure painful for Charles' family, his his children. He has two older sons and his family members to realize the evidence that was right there in front of their faces when they didn't see it then. And now they've lost so many more. But maybe at least this is some vindication that there is some movement move, movement forward now, even though it's pretty much too little too late. I'm curious, when you listen to this or when you watch it, I would love to hear your thoughts on how do we use a situation like this as citizens and learn from it? What do we do to help improve policing in our own communities and we see a case like this and go, okay, I got to do something different here. think always voting is one but i want to hear what you all have to say also putting the pressure on the police you know writing letters calling not letting something like this go As we're seeing more and more of that happening right now uh family members getting heavily involved in in missing persons cases and and murders and um you know those kinds of things and and it's because People are caring. People are listening and watching. And there's so much of that we can learn from in the Daybell Vallow case. And this is another one of those times. Paula says, do you think if Lori's mom and sister knew what was going to happen, would they have warned Charles? I think they would have. I don't. They They knew that there was going to be an intervention. I don't believe that they knew that Alex was going to kill him. I feel like they had part of the information, but not all of it. I don't feel that they wanted anyone to get killed. They were just trying to be on Lori's side in this situation. Whether that was the right thing to do or not is, you know, a great question. But that's a good question, Paula. Thank you for asking that. Because, yeah, they they um, were giving her the heads up the whole time. And I wonder, you know, I've seen interviews with them in which, they're pretty checked out. And, you know, do they feel guilty knowing that they in a way facilitated that? They didn't mean to, I don't think, but they did. So, it's a good question something for us to consider is as more information comes out over time about these situations and about all of the deaths related to this case, I think we're going to learn more and more things about maybe families who should have said something. People who should have spoken up. Because there were a lot of things that just lined up just right to allow Lori and Chad to uh, bulldoze through their families. So, you know, it's just that reminder to me, and a reminder I like to give all of you that if you see or hear something, say something. If you're worried about somebody's safety, tell them, tell the police. Any updates on Lori and her hospital stay? Nope, she's still in the hospital. The last we heard is that they ordered another 180 days and that there has been um, a request by the prosecutor's office to give the hospital permission to medicate her by force. We don't actually know if they need to do that or if they are doing it. We just know that the prosecutor's office uh, did ask for that. And in this particular situation, they can do that. There are only a handful of times in which an adult can be forced to be medicated. But this is one of them uh, because she does have to be sane enough to stand trial. So they, they do have the power to uh, force medicate her if they feel that that's what's appropriate. And that is that is up to the doctors who are treating her because she is in the care of the Department of Health and Welfare here in Idaho. So we will continue to update as we learn more. But I just thought the releasing of this and how it says it's a homicide and how it happened in 2019 and. It's only just now really getting the recognition that it should have even then. So, this has been a true crime pop-up. I am Christy Brower, and you are listening to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here.